Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 324, The Oscillated Turkey, with Tony Caggiano. And I am your co-host, and the guy who is as broke as he's ever been. And I am your co-host and the guy who is not going to break his streak tonight. Mm-hmm. So you're eating string cheese? No. Well, actually, that is I did do that, but <laughs> that wasn't even the one I was talking about. <laughs> uh, I still there's something about podcasting and string cheese, man. They go together. <laughs> that is a little something something the listeners don't know about Cameron Weddington. Every episode. Cameron eats two things of string cheese while we're recording. <laughs> it, it literally is clockwork at this point. It's, it's ingrained in my brain that when the Skype app <laughs> rings on my computer, I immediately run to the fridge and grab two string cheeses. It, that is so true because you do not answer within about 10 rings. Yeah, I got to get the cheese, man. Mm-hmm. But that isn't even the string I was talking about. I was no. talking about... 
I haven't watched a full football game this entire year. Yeah, I can say and I'm that talking it, 2020 to now, so. Yeah, I can say the same thing. I haven't watched a full game, and I really haven't watched much of any one game, except for the fact that when Tammy had her surgery, she wanted to watch a game or two. I can't remember. So the games were on the TV, but I didn't really watch them. I was working, but still in the mm -hmm. same room with her while the game was on. So tonight, I have a feeling, well, tonight, so you guys listening to the show, is the college football playoff championship game, where my beloved Crimson Tide will be taking on the Buckeyes from the state of Ohio. But I'll be sitting by the fire working. But again, I think my bride will be watching the game. I'm pretty sure it'll be on the TV. Yeah, I got back into it when Tennessee looked pretty good early in the year. And then at halftime of the Georgia game was feeling good and watched a couple minutes of the second half, turned it off, hadn't watched any football since then. Such is the life of a Tennessee fan. Not this one. I wouldn't even consider myself that anymore. I'm, I'm done with them. 110% done. If I had a dollar for every Tennessee fan I've heard say that in the past, oh, eight years, I don't believe I'd have to go into work tomorrow. I'm going to back mine up. I'm done. It is over. So you know, I've still got I wish some, them all the best. But. I've got some crimson and white jerseys, or not jerseys, but shirts around here if you want me to ship you one or two. I'd rather just not watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. That's fine. Yeah, I'm just not going to watch. So it'll be all right. We will survive without it. But that's my streak, not string cheese. That's my streak. Okay. All right. Why well, are you? What did you say? You're a broke man? What I, did am, you say? I am a broke man for sure. Oh, man. Unicoi got you again, huh? I'm telling you, between, <laughs> between turkey collars and... Bourbon, that trip costs me a fortune. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't say this on the show because, you know, it's, well, I guess it's really not bootlegging unless I'm selling it to others after that alcohol has crossed state lines. But what the heck, because the state of Alabama is in the liquor business and controls the liquor business, in the state of Alabama, we have very limited selection of whiskeys, bourbon, vodka, scotch, on and on and on in the state of Alabama. It's whatever the state feels like they want to sell is what can be sold within the state. Well, yeah. the state of Georgia and also the state of Tennessee, where you live, don't have that same philosophy and their states are not in the business of selling alcohol. They're in the business of taxing it, but not selling it. And so there's no real restrictions on what brands of alcohol are available in Georgia. And so every year when I go to Unicoi, it's like a treasure hunt. Mm. This year, ah. it was a little over a thousand dollars of a treasure hunt. Man. Now, a lot of that will be gifted, but nice. that was a thousand dollars in liquor. Now let's talk about turkey collars. I am <laughs> looking... And we're, we're, I've got some interviews from Unicoi. We're going to get into a lot of Unicoi next week. And I'm going to tell you guys about the show. I'm going to play some of the calls that I have. But 
I am looking at five, seven, about $1,000 in turkey collars right now. Now, some of those are going to be gifted, and some of them I'll be reimbursed for, but that's just in product. I'm not talking about the cost of a hotel room, the cost of gasoline, the cost of meals. That trip costs me a fortune, and I love it. <laughs> yep. I believe it, man. I had a great time. It was a really good show. Like I said, I'm not going to dive into it too much this episode. We'll talk about it more next week because we have a great show today, and I don't want to take away from our guest that we have on the show today by talking oh, yeah. too much about Unicoi, but it's awesome. I hate that you and Audrey missed it. For any of you guys listening to the show who wanted to come and you didn't come to Unicoi, you missed out listening next week i'll fill you in on all the details yeah uh, right now can't wait to get there one day but yeah you're right we got an awesome show this week we really do and on top of the awesome show we have today we're in our 60s right now we are 65 days 12 hours four minutes and nine seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in alabama i'll tell you what is even more intense you and I, we're going to be turkey hunting in 29 days, 14 hours and 57 minutes. Mm-hmm. The countdown to a winter turkey whacking in Utah is on. Mm-hmm. Less than a month. Can I just tell you that I was downstairs in my office at the house today working, and I could just, it, it was very muffled, but I could hear, Andy, Andy, get me out. <laughs> Get me out. It's Black, Black Death. Death. Yeah. <laughs> Black Death calling to me from the gun safe. Somehow she knows. I mean, she's she's like your lab Mac. You bring yeah. out one stitch of camo clothing and Mac goes crazy. Yeah, he knows. He knows. Black Death knows. She knows it's time is coming. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this is crazy, guys. I mean, you got to think, in 51 days... We're going to be hunting here in Florida for spring turkey season. That That is not long. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's right there. So it really get your is. guns oiled up, boys. It's coming. Like it or not, it'll be here soon. It'll be here soon. I like it. I'm ready for it. Sweet. Well, if you're wanting to hunt one of the more unique, quote unquote, turkeys, we got a show for you about how to go get him. And actually, I think if you want to go there early and i'm pretty sure they're sold out this year so i may say it this way if you're going there early i think you can hunt now is it the 10th yeah. that their season started i honestly i do not know so i'm not it's sometime this month so if it has not started yet it's starting very soon and yeah. that is the oscillated season in campeche mexico yep man i mean to think that you could or someone could be going to Mexico this week to hunt oscillated, kill there, come home, have a winter turkey hunt somewhere around the U.S., slip on down into Florida for a March turkey hunt. Then we know the rest of the country comes in all the way and runs up into June. That's a lot of turkey hunting to be had between now and the end of Maine's season or michigan's season which i think might be the last one to go out isn't it is it michigan yeah i think michigan or maine i think they go about the same time 
Yeah. Don't don't get my fiendish brain working like that, all right? <laughs> my body and my wallet can't take it, man. Don't get me thinking that way. Yeah. My my brain wants it, but the body can't take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I understand. So that's oh. what we're talking about today. And we have Tony Caggiano with World Slam Adventures on the show with us today. And Tony's a wealth of knowledge about the oscillated turkey because he's hunted them several times. And not only that, but he books hunts for a lot of the oscillated outfitters in Mexico. So if you guys are interested in an oscillated hunt, that is not one that you're just going to say, you know what, I'll just go down there and hunt public land. That ain't happening. So Ain't going to happen, Jack. Yeah, you're going to need an outfitter for that one. And Tony knows the good ones. So I really, I enjoyed this episode. You know, it's kind of a, a little bit about the oscillated, a little bit about hunting oscillated and, you know, getting them back into the country. I mean, it, it just it kind of covers a whole experience. And so it was interesting for me and enjoyable for me. It's one of those things I have on my bucket list. And one of these days, yeah, I hope to be chasing them in, in the Campeche Peninsula. Yeah. I, he got me pretty fired up about it. It's not really something I've thought about doing, but I will say now it's entered the, the mind for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's actually the Yucatan Peninsula, but yeah. I think it's the state of Campeche is where the birds are. Most of I don't the know how that works down there. I think I'll just call him and ask, what do I need to do to kill one? And yeah. hopefully hook me up. <laughs> yeah. He'll know what to do for sure. Yeah. So let's jump in and let's hear what, Tony has to say about the oscillated. All right, y'all tune in. We'll see you guys after the interview. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are excited to tell you guys that we have on the line with us this evening, Tony Caggiano with World Slam Adventures and with Wild Game Based. And we are going to talk about the turkey that does not look like a turkey to some people. And I just have to trust the biologist on this one when they say it's a turkey. But I know that joker's got some daggers on it. And we're talking about the oscillated turkeys today. So, Tony, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to chat with us this evening and give us some edumacation on the peacocks. I mean, the <laughs> oscillated turkeys. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a... I'm good, man. It's a pleasure to be here and get on with you guys. I'm always... I'm always down to talk turkeys, so this is uh, this is fun stuff, man. I love it. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard this a million times because I know I have. When I mention something about the oscillated turkey, people will say that's not really a turkey; it doesn't have a beard. Yeah, I mean, you know, technically they're a, they're a, they're actually a separate subspecies, a separate species, right? So all of yeah. the turkeys that we chase, aside from them, so you're. Your Easterns, Osceola, Goulds, Rios, Miriams, the whole gamut, they're all a species and the separate subspecies of that. Whereas the oscillated is also a turkey, but it's the other turkey species. So they are, they're, you know, obviously they look different when you see them just because of the colors are so different. They don't have a beard. But when you look at the build of the bird, you can see when you're hunting them, you look, you go up, they're smaller, but they're very much, you know, a turkey. Their caruncles are a little funkier, a little more colorful with mm -hmm. red and yellow on the blue skin. Um, they What they lack in beards, they make up for in, in spurs, man, because there's no spurs like oscillated spurs, you know? Yeah. 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 The ones I've seen are, are huge. 
more like daggers. Yeah, I mean, I shot I shot a nice one, and it was and it was right at two inches, but an average, you know, a good a good mature bird is going to sport an inch and a half, inch and a quarter is like on the small side for these guys, and I've seen some that are there's some recorded that are over two inches. My personal best is exactly two inches on each spur, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, that's those are some hooks. No yeah, doubt. man, no doubt. So the oscillated hunt is something that you help hunters to line up, get yeah. with the right outfitters and so on and so forth with World Slam Adventures. So tell us a little bit about the company. Tell us a little bit about the hunt and let's roll with this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a, a full-time hunting guide for full-time for 18 and a half years. But before that, I guided freelance for, for turkeys exclusively when I was freelancing, it was just turkeys for another, oh, seven years before that. And I always loved turkey hunting. It was a huge passion of mine. I also guided for upland birds and ducks, geese, whitetail, all sorts of stuff. But for me, turkeys was what I love to do. I would hunt generally in an average season, I'd hunt seven or eight states for years. I did that. But as a guide, I had a lot of clients who came and hunted with me and they want, we all decided, hey, we should go on some turkey hunts. At my turkey season was the month of May. So that gave me a lot of time where I could hunt other subspecies before that because the seasons, May is one of the later seasons in New York. Yeah, I couldn't travel during the month of May because I was hunting every day with clients. But before that, I would put together trips with clients and we would hunt. We went and hunted Rios and Miriams, a little bit of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But I found that when I was looking to book turkey trips, turkey hunts, I would reach out. You either had to, A, reach out directly with outfitters, and I didn't know the outfitters. I was really just it was going cold turkey, so to speak, you know, just going in there cold. And we had some really less than stellar experiences, right? Yeah. So what I did, so you either do that. So the next thing I did was I reached out to like a booking agent when Cabela's was around then and a couple other guys. And I found that with some of these booking agents, because the turkey hunts are, it's a relatively inexpensive hunt, right? You can, you can do a turkey hunt even now and prices are getting, are going up. A real grand turkey hunt, you could do it for twelve, thirteen hundred dollars for a three-day hunt with two or three birds involved. Miriams are right around there, Easterns. But those guys were also booking brown bear and sheep hunts. So they're talking about huge commissions. And it felt like to me, and I'm not pointing fingers at any one particular company, but as a guy who's just looking turkey hunt, it felt like I, we weren't a priority, right? Turkey hunters, because a commission on a turkey hunt back then an $800 Rio Grand hunt, a commission was $105, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. $87. So the guys weren't super stoked to work with me and get really involved and do what I wanted to do. They were helpful and they would book the hunts. So I just got to the point where I, I knew a lot of people in the industry. I'm good friends with Ray. I, he helped a lot. If you guys are, if you guys know, Brian Lovett, he was with, you know, Turkey and Turkey hunting magazine back yep. in the day and NWTF. I talked to Brian Paul Butsky, a bunch of guys that I knew in the industry. And they, I said, hey, do you know any outfitters that are like really killer outfitters, have a great hunt, good birds, a good experience? And they introduced me to guys. And so I started to put together this collection of outfitters and go into these guys. And I put together a great collection of really good turkey hunting outfitters that I was working with. So I decided that, hey, I should start a company that just, that focuses on helping turkey hunters like me book, you know, a these killer hunts, Grand Slams, Royal Slams, World Slams, 
super slams we're even working on now. So that's how World Slam came to be because of frustration and just being a, uh, having a love of turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those clients, clients who I booked full World's, World Slams for, said to me, you know, why don't you, I want to go hunt a mule deer. Can you do that? Can I do this? Because they like what I do for them, the yeah. uh, service I provide. Because I don't, I'm a, I'm a no-fee travel agency. If I work out, I work out a commission with an outfitter and that's it. So I help you book your airfare. There's no there's no commission there. It was really about being just completely obsessed with turkey hunting and wanting to to uh, help others like me. It was a labor of love, and it took it was a lot of years of operating. Basically, everything I made with the company went back into the company and tried to use that to meet more outfitters and that sort of stuff. But now it's it's grown quite a bit, and we've done a lot of stuff. We were we're filming a bunch of stuff this year, and we're adding a bunch of new outfitters. We got guys in Hawaii and all over the place. So, you know, I'm really lucky in that now I'm, I'm not a hunting guide anymore. I left that in 2017 and mm-hmm. I'm a full time between booking the turkey hunts with World Slam and my uh, my cooking, the wild game based podcast and the cooking we do. And I also am the U.S. sales manager for 20 lodges in South America for bird hunting and stuff. So, like, I was really fortunate that I, got, I found a way to stay in this industry that I love. I mean, we all love it, right? And I could do it for a living from the comfort of my home. It's a lot more hours than most people would imagine, but yeah, you know, there's a there's a long explanation to a, a very short question you asked me, but that's about it, man, on the World Slam Adventures. Yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. I met a lot of really cool people, and we've done a lot of cool stuff, lots of cool a lot of cool hunts and different types of adventures for people. And you know, it's, it's only getting better. We got a lot of really new, different kind of experiences that we're working on now so it should be awesome yeah so so somebody can rather than just booking one hunt with you they can literally be like hey i want a royal slam and you you arrange the whole deal for them yeah so i've done you know i've helped guys a lot of guys will come in and they'll start off with hunting a bird that they oh nobody that they've never hunted a big one is a miriams because they got the white tail feathers you know what i mean that seems to be for guys who are hunting easterns or Osceola's especially, they want to get that white tail feather. The uh, the guys down in Texas who are hunting reels, they want to kill one of those big giant Easterns that even though they're not the original turkey, that's kind of what everybody focuses on as uh, like the quintessential wild turkey is always pictured as an Eastern. I know I'm pissing off a lot of guys down in Florida or Texas when I say that, but that's kind of, you know, <laughs> it's kind of, it, no, but it is. It's kind of like that's, yeah. you see it on the magazines and when you look in, in places, you always, they always put, seem to put an Eastern. But yeah, but a lot of guys will just start off with one hunt and come back to finish their slams. I've booked. It's difficult for for this year coming because of so many guys being pushed back from 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult on a lot of my outfitters are really booked. I try to tell guys to book early for that reason. But I also book, you know, a single season world slam or or grand slams are very common and we're filming. We tried it last year and this year my partner in Wild Game Base, Jeremiah Dowdy and I will be filming a single season world slam so we're really excited about that but there's nothing there's nothing we can't can't do on the turkey end we may we don't have outfitters in every state but if there's a state that these super slammers need i put in the effort and talk to the people i know and we've been pretty good at getting in all new states i'm trying to have an outfitter working to have outfitters in all 49 states where there's hunting so it's pretty exciting yeah that's awesome that's you know if you can get that put together that'll be a great resource for a lot of people because so many people are trying to get their super slam currently and you know some of these states are hard to get drawn in for public land absolutely 
There's a lot of states out there, you know, this, the, the notorious states that are tough are like Utah is super difficult to, to kill a turkey. And if you're a non-resident um, and even if you're a resident. Uh, so Rhode Island is tough. Delaware, I've got I, I work with outfitters in Maryland and Delaware, but those areas are very they're very small states with not a lot of outfitters working there. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've been pretty lucky. So it's it's always seems to be those kind of guys that come out and say, hey, I need a bird in in Rhode Island or Delaware. Those seems to be the states that are difficult across the Midwest. You know, it's pretty, pretty open. But once you get out west, it gets a little bit tougher with some of those areas. Yeah. So I want to jump in and get on to the oscillated with you again. But before we do that, I want to see if you want to play a little game with us here. Sure. What do we got going? Oh, you're in. I'm not even going to explain it. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. All right. So what what I like to do, especially with new guests on the show, is something that we call the rapid fire Q and A. Mm-hmm. Rapid fire Q and A is about thirty questions that we'll go through and ask, and I'll have a stopwatch going. I'll start the stopwatch when I start the first question, and we go through and I'll ask a question and you answer, and we just try to go through these as quick as we can. It yeah. gives all the listeners a chance to get to know you as if maybe you were sitting by the campfire with them after a hunt. Cool. And let's do it. We're going to do a lot of heavy math, a lot of <laughs> science and biology, and a lot of history of wild turkey. So I hope you're ready. There you go. I'm ready. Okay. Let's All do right. it. So we're going to test out this Bronx education. <laughs> Good luck right. to it. Pulling the Thank timer you. up here, so bear with me for a second. Okay. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Grilled. Wild turkey, on the rocks, neat with cola or with water? I don't drink. Number of Grand Slams? Grand Slams, uh, eight. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Yes. Have you ever killed a Jake? Yes. A 10-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old? Four-hour. Your favorite camo pattern? Mm, Khaki. (laughs) Wild turkey legs, for dinner or for the dog? Dinner, absolutely. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? More. The state you killed your first turkey in? New York. The state you killed your last turkey in? Campeche. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Rios or Osceolas? Osceolas. Osceolas or Easterns? Easterns. Easterns or Merriams? Easterns. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods turkeys, every day. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight or beads? Uh, Holographic sight. Rubber boots, leather boots or snake boots? Rubber boots for Easterns and Osceola and leather boots for the rest. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Argentina. The most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? 13. The least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Four. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Missouri. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? A gobbler yelp. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? An eight. Your favorite turkey hunting book? Um, Eye on the Wild Turkey. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? Myself and magazines. Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? Yes. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Spurs. The biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Moving too much. How long does turkey season last in heaven and what is the bag limit? It's all the time and it's wide open. That is 2 minutes, 34.28 seconds. (laughs) Is that good? (laughs) That is our new record. I don't play, son. That's just how I roll. And you gave like a 
three second answer on the boots question. Well, yeah, the boots you yeah, can't. Yeah, he like you, answered thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah, you can't be messing with rubber boots if you're chasing uh, Miriam's in the, you know, in the Black Hills. At least I can't. My I'm, my ankles are not right, so you wind up on your. Excuse me. <laughs> well, I've I've got to make note here because the next time we do this with a guest, they need to know that Tony Caggiano is the record holder. The master. And they need <laughs> the to, that's, that's the goal they Let need to shoot know. for. If someone beats me, you invite me back. We'll do it. And I took my time with it. Uh, well, you know, we would expect nothing less from a fast-talking Yankee. There you go. Who I'm lives a Mets in Florida. Fan. Or I was, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, technically, they got my Floridian. All my friends that are from down here said I did. I moved to Orlando. So they said I moved to Orlando, not Florida. These guys that are from down like in Yeehaw Junction and, and Polk oh, yeah. County, who are the hardcore turkey hunters, they said that uh, Orlando doesn't qualify. But I'm here anyway. Yeah. <laughs> one of your answers caught my attention. You said the one sound would be gobbler yelp. Absolutely. So you definitely are good friends with Ray I then. <laughs> That's how we, when we first met, we uh, were in a friend of mine, Jameis Driscoll, who was with Outdoor Life at the time. He's now since moved on to other things in the outside of the outdoor world. But he was, he and I were, we turkey hunt, we were turkey hunting fools together. And one of my first trips out of state, I went on a, a turkey hunt in Texas with Jameis, David Draper, who's now with Peterson's. He's the editor for Peterson's. And Ray I and my buddy Ken, who's a new turkey hunter. And when we got to talking, you know, he we hit it off because of my absolute obsession with fall turkey hunting. And I've always said that, you know, turkeys and Ray Ray says it too, but turkeys are looking to breed for a month a year, but they're looking to fight 365 days. And I have killed a lot of birds in the fall and in the spring using gobbler yelps or Jake yelps, you know, very similar. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, so when I met Ray, I really, my fall turkey hunting game, which I was already obsessed with trying to get better at it, it really, he, it upped my game hanging out with, with that crazy SOB in the woods. He's, uh, I mean, he's one of the turkey killingest people I ever met. He's incredible. And I learned a lot from him and he's a good friend. I mean, you know, everybody calls him uncle Ray, but my kids grew up with him. Like he's family. And, you know, I've been really lucky to have him as a friend of mine. Learned a yeah. lot from him. Yeah. And he would take he would take tur- he would take fall turkey over spring turkey any day of the week. Like for him, there's no comparison. And I'm right there with him. I mean, I love guys in the fall. They're always talking about they don't want they don't fall hunt because they don't want to bust a flock and shoot a, shoot hens. And and my fall turkey hunting is I've I have never done it with a dog. That's the one thing I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a buddy of mine, Jerry Bethji, he talks about it all the time. He's uh he's with outdoor life for a long time, and he's an incredible turkey hunter, and he loved it. A lot of the guys do. But but I think that fall turkey hunting for gobblers, it's hard. You spend a lot of time, but you have all day. You really get to know the birds. And I tell people all the time, you want to become a better turkey hunter, try to kill gobblers in the fall. Once you learn to do that, there's no turkey you can't kill. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, Ray says similar things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Believe me, I hear it. <laughs> do you have a call that you prefer making your gobbler yelps on? Is it the diaphragm or the box? I do. I have, so I like slate calls. I have, and I've had all sorts of stuff. I worked a lot with uh, Fred Zink and those guys when they were starting to doing the turkey calls. I have a bunch of his calls. I love them. For me, my favorite calls are diaphragm calls, and I make my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's something Ray taught me. I never made a call till I met that man. 
but well, I really like that I was able to play with them and, and change it. And because most every call you buy is designed yeah. to sound like a hen. So yeah. he taught me ways to to play with the call and, and sound a little more, get a little more raspy and a deeper tone out of it to sound more like a, a gobbler. So yeah, yeah I, like, I like homemade diaphragm calls. That's what I've been messaging quite a few call makers trying to get somebody to make me a gobbler, you know, call design for gobbler yelping. And mm-hmm. uh, I finally found one guy I think's going to try it out for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the secret to that are the ones I make are, are triple read calls usually. So it takes a little more effort to, to really get them going right. And it's one of those things I made the call and Ray helped me, you know, taught me how, and then I was playing with that, made a call. And I just felt like this was going to be the right call. And you had to relearn how to, how to work the call a little bit. Because the slower cadence and the the deeper sound, you almost need a little bit more pressure to make it work and come out right. But yeah, you know, that's that's kind of how when I got into turkey hunting, I just I literally bought a diaphragm call at a gun show. I started out hunting when I when I was in college. My family moved from New York City to Westchester, and I had a friend who bow hunted whitetails, and there were a lot of big whitetails up there, and you know, in the suburbs. And while I was out in my stand, a flock of turkeys was roosted around me, and they were going crazy, and I just became obsessed. The first turkey I ever shot was that following spring. I just became obsessed and went to a gun show and bought a call, and I didn't know anyone. I didn't know about DVDs. I didn't watch hunting shows. I put it in my mouth, and I remember on the back of the card, it just said in quotes, it said, use the call and make the shuck, shuck, shuck is what it said. So I just kept doing that. And I, I kept going out in the woods to listen to turkeys. So I guess turkeys taught me to turkey call. Yeah. And, uh, That's a good teacher. <laughs> yeah. And the next, the next spring I went out and uh, I just started on my own. I got permission from a friend. He had permission on our property. He said, they were all deer hunters. He said, yeah, go for it. And I hunted every day of that season and I killed my bird on the 21st. Nice. Took three weeks to kill a bird there. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. It was 1991. It was pretty cool. What cut do you like to to run on your diaphragm call for the... For the gobblers, um, I usually just do... Yeah, I just do like a... It almost looks like a half moon with a little slice next to it, like a little V cut. I don't know. I've played with it, right? So I'm not doing anything super different. I literally put the call together and I have a little pair of cuticle shears. Make sure they're super sharp so you're not just pulling the call around. Yeah. I'll sharp have them sharp, like razor sharp. And then I try... If you're making your own calls, try... A bunch of different stuff and see what works for you gotcha i think that when you're making especially when you're making mouth calls people hear somebody blow a call and they're like oh i need that mouth call you'll get a similar sound out of it but your your palette's different shapes yeah and it's a musical instrument it's going to sound sound different coming out of your mouth so yeah if you're making your own call play with it and see what where you get the sound you like yeah very good well, cool. I'm guessing you've never used gobbler yelp for an oscillated turkey. <laughs> no, the oscillated are, uh, you know, it's a completely different uh-huh. deal. I don't know if you've heard their calls. They do a lot of, the hens do a lot of peeping and squeaking, and the, the gobblers do that song. All right, that's all we've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, then you can do that in one of two ways. Number one, you can become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to become a subscriber, what you'll need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter to the number 44222. Now you'll need to make that all one word with no spaces. But once you text that to the number 44222, I will send you a set of instructions that you'll need to follow. And eventually, 
you'll get a link emailed to you where you can click on that link, create your username and password for the Podbean application, and pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee for the Turkey Hunter podcast. Now, that 18 bucks that you're going to pay is going to do more than get you just this week's interview with Tony. It will also get you the premium content for the next 52 weeks. But wait, there's more. It will also get you access to all of the premium content for all of our past episodes. And that's about 200 plus episodes that you'll have access to the premium content on. So that 18 bucks is a small investment, but if you just think that's a lot of money to spend, I'm not spending any money to subscribe to a podcast, but I sure would like to hear the rest of this week's interview with Tony. Then Cameron, tell them how they can listen to this week's episode. If you want just this week's episode in its entirety, you can go to the turkeyhunterpodcast.com and find this episode followed by the letters PS, which stands for premium single. You'll be able to purchase this one episode in its entirety and you'll have it to listen to as many times as you want to get ready and get hyped up for that oscillated turkey hunt. As my great fishing buddy who's moved on to the fishing lakes and ponds and bays in the sky walter berry always said that's dandy (laughs) tell me when to go son you can call him now i'm in yeah i mean he described that hunt you know where he ended up missing with the tree and all that which was funny but the way he was describing the bird coming in sneaking in and stuff i was like heck that sounds like a a turkey hunt (laughs) oh yeah no i mean that's what i'm after Well, and those birds now have been hunted for years. So, you know, they're, they're, well, okay. First of all, I need to step back because they were hunted for subsistence reasons for thousands of years. They've also been hunted by way more predators than I think we have here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. that our turkeys have to worry about here. And so I can definitely understand how those birds might be a little bit wary. Yeah, I think... I think it'd be a fun thing to do. I I definitely plan to do it one day, without a doubt. I'd like to have one mounted for sure. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and catch up with me on the Super Slam. That's what I'm trying to do. Get that finished, and then let's head south. Take our brides with us. They can hang out in the resort on the Yucatan in Cancun somewhere or the Island of Women. La Isla Mujeres. And we can go chase birds for a few days. I'm in on that. We'll do it. I'm going to have to catch you first, but I'm going to do my best to do that. I mean, come on, get serious here. So in two more years, you will have caught me. You just got to buckle down and get it done. Uh, Two more years. Yeah, I'm hoping to be around 30 in two years. So it's possible. All right. May not be probable, but it's possible. Well, you're a stone cold killer. You can do it. We'll try it. Confidence in you. 100% 100% confidence. We're going to go to Mexico. It's going to happen. All right, cool. You can put it on, on there. but If I finish the Super Slam before you and you're still working on it, I'm going to Canada. And so if I have to break away from Canada... To go to Mexico. To go to Mexico, I can do that. You yeah. just You just have to say when. Yeah. I'm going to do my best to catch up to you, buddy. I promise you that much. Okay. Good deal. We'll see what happens. All right. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that. I know 
talking about the oscillated is a little different than what we usually talk about because it's something not many of us have done, but definitely interesting insight into a whole new bird. And I think Tony would be the guy to contact if you want to kill one for sure. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, you know, really, I'm I'm going to go ahead and just say that's the favorite for the week. Yeah, there you go. You know, If you want to do it, Tony's the guy. And it's not just the oscillated. It's the Goulds. It yep. is a Rio. It's a Merriam's. It's traveling out to Hawaii. It is an Eastern, maybe in some states that don't have a lot of public land for you guys that are trying to get your super slam. It's an, it's a Osceola turkey down in Florida. Anything that you need help with, wild turkey related, or heck, even bird related, if, if you want to go to Argentina and shoot doves, Tony's got your hook up. So, oh, and I can't really stress this enough about Tony. And here's what I really like about Tony's operation. He's a no-fee travel agent. So whether you book directly through the outfitter that Tony was going to put you in, or you go through Tony, you're going to pay the same price. And so people a lot of times say, well, why would I go to the middleman? Well, the reason you go through the middleman to get to the outfitter is because I will promise you, if you have a bad experience going through the middleman and you let the middleman know, that outfitter is going to bend over backwards to make sure you're happy because the outfitter makes money off of the middleman being Tony. And so, you know, if Tony's not happy or is having bad experiences with that outfitter, Tony's not going to sell hunts with that outfitter. So really, you guys don't have much to lose. You probably have less to lose going through Tony than you do just booking that trip on your own. Yep. I totally second that opinion. So y'all check Tony out. He's the man. I think you'll be happy with your product that you get. And while you're at it, just go ahead and friend him on Facebook, like his page, World Slam Adventures, and follow him. Because you never know when he's going to have that hunt that you are just dying to go on. So, and heck of a nice guy, by the way, in case y'all couldn't tell that from the interview, which I think it was pretty dang obvious. So, that's it. That's the favor for the week. Sounds so, good, man. We say we wrap this one up. Let's do it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Roll Tide. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.